In this episode, a 2012 study found that leg extensions with a light load lifted slowly, 6 seconds up and 6 seconds down, generated increased levels of muscle protein synthesis than rapid movements, 1 second up and 1 second down. Amazingly, they also found that increased rates of mitochondrial and sarcoplasmic protein synthesis, 114% and 77% respectively, were only observed from the slow movement, not from the rapid movement. Between 24 to 30 hours post-workout, both exercises still had elevated protein synthesis rates. However, the slow movement was still about 50% greater than the rapid movement. Learn to perform. Practical lessons so that you can immediately learn to optimize your health, happiness, and performance. Today's gratitude goes out to two of my best friends, a couple hardcore Norwich military guys for teaching me about fitness, inspiring me through their service, and most importantly, being genuinely good dudes. Cam Bisi, Vermont's Greek god and a member of the U.S. Air Force, and Kevin Salvucci, an animal and true masshole serving in the U.S. Army, are two of the most savage but quality guys I've ever met. These guys and their workouts put anything I ever did in the gym to shame. My respect and admiration for them is endless, but I am grateful for meeting them, building up friendships, and being pushed to be better by them. Also, shout out to another Norwich and U.S. Army guy, Drew Caldwell. Kevin and Drew started a fitness page with workouts that will break your soul and make you a better person at the same time. Show them some love on Instagram at DK underscore fitness gym. So with that, let's talk fitness. The fitness industry is enormous. People spend thousands of dollars on gym memberships, equipment, personal trainers, supplements, and anything else that can help them build a physique worthy of comparison to bodybuilders, A-list Hollywood stars, and Instagram influencers. Depending on who you talk to, the best approach to maximizing your physique and physical performance could be completely different. One person will tell you their secret is high weight and low rep, while someone else uses low weight and high rep. Some do exclusively powerlifting, others crossfit, and others don't even lift weights. Honestly, it's super confusing. The reality is that everyone is different, and the best program for you is the one that aligns with your goals, your strengths, your weaknesses, and what you like to do. With that said, there are some basic principles of human physiology that anyone can use to optimize their physique and performance. That's what we will focus on in this episode. So what's the bottom line? Understanding basic principles of physiology, biomechanics, and a dash of trigonometry can drastically improve your fitness gains. Three strategies to optimize your workouts include Number 1. Maximize time under tension Number 2. Incorporate compound movements And Number 3. Use and manipulate strength curves Number 1. Maximize time under tension It has long been understood that the key to building and sustaining muscle is to increase exercise volume in resistance training. Increasing your volume will engage more muscle mass, create more micro tears in the muscle, and upon recovering, enable you to build more size and strength. Simple enough, right? Increase reps and you're golden. While this has often been shown to be effective, the important aspect of increasing volume isn't about sets or reps, it's about time under tension. Time under tension is the duration of time in which muscles are recruited in response to a stimulus, in this case, to resistance. With each rep, there is a period of time when the muscle experiences maximum engagement, and as the sets and reps increase, you're increasing total time under tension. Conventional wisdom is to bang out one more set or a few more reps, but perhaps that isn't the most effective approach. Have you ever heard that the last rep or two are where gains are made, or that sets to failure are the key to making continual progress? A big reason these last few reps are so valuable is because of the increased time under tension. When ripping out a set of bench press to failure, depending on your weight, your first reps may be really quick and explosive. As a result, your actual time under tension is probably less than a second for each rep. Now, as you struggle through your last two reps before failure, these reps may last 3-5 to five seconds or even longer. In just 2 reps, you're generating more time under tension than your first 5 reps. 
The magic is in the timeline or tension in which you are maximizing the recruitment of muscle fibers. Of course, it's not always fun to have to work out to failure, and with time constraints or lacking spotters, it may not always be feasible. Luckily, you have the ability to manipulate your lifts to maximize time under tension. The key is to implement various tempos into your exercises. Tempos can be split into four sections, the movement into the pose, the hold at the peak position, the movement out of the pose, and the hold at the starting position. Depending on the exercise, the movement stages may be either concentric or eccentric. Think of concentric movements as generating power, such as the upward motion of a bench press, squat, or bicep curl. The eccentric is the controlled deceleration, such as the downward motion of a bench press, squat, or bicep curl. Meanwhile, an isometric phase is when muscles are contracted but there is no movement. This hold can occur at the bottom, top, or even at any point during any lift. So for example, with a squat, this could be a hold at the bottom of the squat, but it could also be a hold halfway down the squat. Let's give an example of tempo. A squat with a 4-2-4-0 tempo would take 4 seconds for the eccentric, or lowering phase, 2 second isometric hold at the bottom, 4 second concentric lift, which is the upward motion, and then 0 seconds at the top, indicating that the next rep would start immediately. At 10 seconds per rep, a set of just 3 reps would total 30 seconds of time under tension. For comparison, it would take 10 reps at a pace of 2-0-1-0 to achieve the same time under tension at the same weight. Okay, so that's tempo training 101, but what is the value of it? At a most fundamental level, applying tempo training forces you to increase your time under tension by requiring muscles to remain engaged for longer periods of time during the different stages of each rep. Why this should matter to you is that numerous studies have demonstrated incredible benefits of tempo exercises even at significantly decreased weights. First, a 2012 study found that leg extensions with a light load lifted slowly, 6 seconds up and 6 seconds down, generated increased levels of muscle protein synthesis than rapid movements, 1 second up and 1 second down. Amazingly, they also found that increased rates of mitochondrial and sarcoplasmic protein synthesis, 114% and 77% respectively, were only observed from the slow movement, not from the rapid movement. Between 24 to 30 hours post-workout, both exercises still had elevated protein synthesis rates, however the slow movement was still about 50% greater than the rapid movement. In another study observing volume training following three different tempos, a regular 2020, a medium 5030, and a slow 6040, it was evident that the greatest time under tension was observed in the slow group despite having the fewest reps. Despite conventional wisdom that heavier weights increase volume, studies have actually shown that similar muscle hypertrophy can be obtained from loans ranging from 30% of a 1 rep max to 95% of a 1 rep max. Interestingly, research shows that post-exercise fatigue is higher after slow tempo resistance training despite lower volume due to lower reps. This may be attributed to neurological and endocrine adaptations to resistance exercise. A 2005 study reported that acute program variables, including the cadence of exercise, influence neuromuscular, neuroendocrine, and musculoskeletal adaptations post-exercise. This is demonstrated by a 2018 study, which tested the body's adaptations to five sets of bench press until failure at 70% of a one-rep max. The regular group followed 2020 pace, and the slow group used a 6020 pace. Amazingly, post-exercise levels of crucial markers including lactate, creatine kinase, and testosterone were all higher in the slow group. The study concluded that, quote, although a slow tempo may decrease the amount of total work, the increased time under tension seems to drive hormonal responses and neurological response, which may play a large role in stimulating muscle growth, coordination, and movement stability, end quote. If that's not enough, a 1995 study also found blood lactate levels were significantly increased after using slow movement tempo. For those unclear on the relevance, blood lactate levels have long been used as an indicator of overall muscle exertion. 
Therefore, higher blood lactate is indicative of greater muscle fatigue. Another way to apply the concepts of tempo training is through isometric holds. Note that while these studies refer to slow movements, you can just as easily maximize time and retention by holding different positions. Isometric holds at the bottom of a squat or bench press can very quickly get your muscles screaming. Studies have shown that isometric training can effectively increase hypertrophy in strength, even with just 30 to 90 seconds of total contraction time per session. To wrap up this section, this is the takeaway message. Tempo and time under tension are fundamental to optimizing muscle hypertrophy and the neuromuscular and hormonal adaptations. To maximize your gains, don't focus your workouts around sets and reps, but instead focus on maximizing time under tension and muscular fatigue. Listen to your body and adapt your workouts as needed to get the most out of every session to improve your physique and performance. Number two, incorporate compound movements. To build off hormonal responses we covered, it has been observed that the greatest hormonal responses result from high volume training that stresses large muscle mass. Now, we know that increased time under tension corresponds to higher volume, albeit by a different classification than basic sets and reps. The key in this study is the reference to large muscle mass. Intuitively, this should make sense. As we utilize larger muscles, the overall engagement is higher, and therefore the body's hormonal response will be higher. A 2018 study on high-intensity barbell squats that utilize constant tempos and variable volumes found that total training load and volume are critical to maximum secretion of testosterone, growth hormone, insulin-like growth factor, which I will refer to as IGF-1, and cortisol. Compound movements such as barbell squats, deadlifts, power cleans, and bench press are effective for maximizing the hormonal response because they engage large amounts of muscle mass and as a result can generate significantly more power when trained at a high intensity. Power generation was related to increased testosterone production in a 2010 study that measured the anabolic hormonal response from high power resistance training. So let's take squats for example. In squatting, by actively firing the body's largest muscles, particularly the glutes and quads, you are experiencing maximum muscle recruitment. By implementing tempos to maximize time under tension, the total fatigue generated is maximized. To incorporate more of a focus on power generation, a 6020 tempo may be employed to maximize time under tension in the eccentric movement and power on the concentric movement. Doing this, you are maximizing volume, time under tension, total muscle recruitment, and potentially even power as you explode upwards. So to understand how this is beneficial, this is what we have observed. Slow tempo, compound lifts that maximize muscle engagement, maximize the training load, which elicits the maximal endocrine response in the form of testosterone, growth hormone, IGF-1, and cortisol. The more demanding the lift, the greater release of hormones. These hormones trigger muscle growth. So therefore, engaging larger muscles in compound lifts, such as squats and deadlifts, will generate a greater overall load than isolated exercises, such as dumbbell curls and tricep extensions, resulting in a greater secretion of hormones. Now, These hormones aren't selective about how they help you grow and build muscle. The hormones don't think, since you did squats today, I'm only going to support quad and glute growth. Instead, once secreted, they support all growth functions throughout the body. Biceps, triceps, traps, you name it. Whatever beach muscles you care about. So to maximize the development of the show muscles for the beach, you need to maximize your hormone levels. Apart from taking steroids, to get maximum hormones, you need to recruit the biggest muscles. And to do that, you need to do compound lifts. Don Saladino a famous celebrity trainer who worked with Hugh Jackman for Wolverine and Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool, affirmed this training approach on a WHOOP podcast. In the episode, he stated that the best way to build a superhero physique involves frequent implementation of some variation of a squat or deadlift. Paraphrasing his words, he said that if you want to look like a superhero, your legs better be yoked. He also noted that workouts lasting longer than 60 to 90 minutes are counterproductive for testosterone production, so your best approach is to employ shorter and more intense workouts that maximize muscle engagement. My takeaway from this is that compound, slow tempo lifts are the perfect approach. Number three, 
use and manipulate strength curves. To be even more effective with your lifts, be cognizant of the strength curves for your exercises you are doing. Essentially, a strength curve illustrates the torque generated during an exercise, which is a relationship between the joint angle and force generated. It may be natural to think that all muscles work the same, but this is not the case. There are four different types of strength curves to consider. Flat, bell-shaped, ascending, and descending. Flat curves indicate that muscle engagement, and therefore exercise difficulty, is constant throughout the motion. This most commonly occurs in machines that have been designed to maintain a constant loading throughout the entire movement. Bell-shaped, meanwhile, are very common in single-joint exercises, such as standing bicep curls in which the middle of the movement, when the forearms are parallel to the floor, recruits maximal muscle engagement. In these exercises, the beginning and end portions of the movement are less difficult than the middle. Ascending curves are found in squats, deadlifts, and bench press, among others, in which the exercise gets progressively harder as you reach the apex of the lift. For the squat, as you lower down to the bottom of the squat, the force generated continually increases. As you would expect, maximum muscle engagement and force generations occurs at the bottom of the squat, which is the apex of the lift. Finally, we have descending lifts, which are simply the opposite. The maximum muscle engagement and difficulty is at the start of the lift. Think about pull-ups and bent-over rows as examples. Jordan Shallow, known as the muscle doc, emphasizes the importance of understanding strength curves when training as a way to maximize your efficiency in training. This is because the strength curve reflects the biomechanical features of different exercises. Utilizing specific strength curves can be super effective when training individual muscles, allowing you to determine what exercise and what positions correlate with maximum muscle activation. For example, the bicep muscles, the brachii, brachialis, and brachioradialis all have biomechanical differences. Preacher curls, standard barbell curls, and spider curls all have different strength profiles. So to maximize engagement and build tank top worthy biceps, incorporating a variation of curls will be very beneficial. Now, what makes strength curves really fun is that you can actually manipulate them to increase or decrease muscle stimulus at different parts of a lift. A great way to do this is through the use of rubber-based resistance bands. As you may expect, resistance bands have an ascending strength curve. Initially, there is very little resistance, but as they stretch further, the resistance continues to increase. Let's revisit the squat. We know that maximum muscle engagement is at the bottom of the squat, the apex of the lift. If we attach resistance bands to the bar and the squatting platform, we would find that the bands have the opposite profile. At the bottom of the squat, the bands would have minimal resistance. However, as you rise up, the resistance in the bands increases. So at the bottom of the squat, the strength curve of the squat is maximal, but the resistance band is minimal. But at the top of the squat, the strength curve of the squat is minimal and the band's resistance is at its maximum. By summing the resistance of the two, we are essentially flattening the curve during the squat, resulting in increased muscle stimulation and firing rates throughout the entire duration of the lift. Research has actually shown that resistance bands incorporated into training can increase strength by 10-30% to in 6-12 to week periods. When added to squats, a 2006 study reported that peak force and peak power increased by 16% and 24% respectively, as opposed to free weights only. Inversely, bands can also be used to reduce tension to assist with difficult lifts or help with injury rehabilitation. For example, if pull-ups are too difficult because the initial force required at the bottom of the lift is too great, bands attached to the bar can be placed underneath your knees or feet. At the bottom, you will receive maximal assistance from the band, essentially working to flatten the curve and assist with performing reps and building up the necessary strength to perform the exercise without assistance. Chains are another tool that works similarly. As more of the chain is elevated off the ground, the total resistance applied by its weight increases. A great example is the bench press with chains. At the bottom of the lift, there may be up to half of the chains resting on the ground. As you push up, the chains begin to rise off the floor and increase the weight. 
This is another simple technique to manipulate strength curves and create a more constant and sustained exertion throughout the movement. Alright, so that's a quick overview of how you can understand, use, and manipulate strength curves. The important takeaway is that the biomechanics of certain exercises influence the muscle engagement and knowing strength curves can help you maximize time and retention, muscle recruitment, hormonal adaptations, and ultimately your strength and physique. Time now for a little background on my personal experience with these techniques. When I first began implementing tempo reps and compound lifts, the science and purpose was unbeknownst to me. But the workouts were killer, and I can thank my friend, mentor, and trainer, Steve Silagi, for that. For what was six or seven years starting when I was 15 years old, I trained the entire offseason with Steve at the University of Lethbridge. We were fortunate to have great resources and access to equipment, but more importantly, Steve knows the ins and outs of sports-specific training, powerlifting, human physiology, nutrition, and everything in between. Going back some 10 years, Steve had us regularly implementing tempo exercises to maximize hypertrophy during our strength phases, transitioning into power phases late in the summer with a shortened concentric phase in our lifts. To this day, I still remember walking into the training room a few times and seeing 10-10-10 squats written on the board. And yes, that's exactly what you think it is. 10 seconds down, 10 seconds at the bottom, and 10 seconds up. If you want to be humbled by some lightweight squats, that's a great way to do it. But beyond giving me jelly legs, we always based each day's workout around a primary compound movement, whether that be a front or back squat, deadlift or RDL, hang cleans, pull-ups, or lunge variations, we attacked our primary muscles with high-intensity compound movements every day. Taking it a step further, I'll never forget the dreaded bear. It's a compound of compound movements. Hang clean, press, front squat, press, back squat, press, repeat. Often we'd superset those with tire flips or kettlebell swings. You want high-intensity and maximum muscle engagement? Those workouts are exactly what you're looking for. I may have been young and not nearly as refined with my diet, but I know those strategies that Steve built into our program worked. Every summer, my strength, conditioning, and physique improved drastically in just four months. Like I'm talking adding hundreds of pounds of weight to my squats and deadlifts while drastically improving beep tests and two-mile runs. On top of that, I gained 20 pounds each summer for the first three summers, progressively jumping from 120 to 140 to 160 to 180 over three summers while maintaining weight during the season. Over the course of my career, my training protocol adapted. I typically trained alone at public gyms to save money, but I always applied those same principles to my workouts. Recently, since retiring and being home during the pandemic, I adapted to home workouts without a gym and haven't gone back since. Despite having no heavy weights to throw around, I find these principles are still highly applicable. Every single workout I do, regardless of what muscles I am targeting, I implement variations in tempo and always incorporate isometric holds at the peak position of the muscle strength curve. For example, my upper body push workouts, targeting chest, shoulders, and triceps, primarily consist of push-up variations with some additional band work. Of all the different variations to attack the muscles in different ways, I find that tempo and isometric holds are the real killer. It only takes me about 20 minutes to have my chest, triceps, and shoulders on fire. My personal favorite are what Joe Bruni, author of Neuromass, refers to as neurosets, which are a combination of slow tempo reps, isometric holds, and explosive reps. My personal modification involves a plyo push-up followed by a slow, 3-second decline to the bottom of the push-up and a 3-second isometric hold at the bottom. Exploding into a plyo push-up out of an isometric hold is a killer. It does not take long to burn out and reach failure. As for compound movements and maximum muscle engagement, I live and die by the basics. Sprinting and jumping. Full-intensity sprints activate muscles throughout the body and are incredible for cardio as well. Weather permitting, my absolute favorite is running hill sprints. In Lethbridge, we have some massive hills in the coolies that I love to run. For context, running up the hill once will take about 5 grueling minutes. After doing 3-5 to five full hill runs, either at a constant pace or by doing sprint intervals, I will be gassed in 45 minutes or less. But it gets even better. To achieve maximum intensity and recruitment of the large and powerful quad and glute muscles, 
I implement hill variations, backward sprints, lateral shuffles, lunges, and broad jumps. Performing these variations on an incline will fatigue your body in ways you didn't know you could. Running up the entire hill backwards was an eye-opener for me. I was sore for so many days after, and it was completely unexpected. Now, when it comes to combining compound movements, tempo, and the strength curve, my most grueling application lasts just 12 minutes. There are just four exercises in a simple hit format. 30 seconds of work, 10 seconds of rest. Repeat the entire circuit three times, no rest in between rounds, just straight through. This is what I call the jelly shot. Here are the six exercises you rotate through. First, jumping squats. Second, wall sit. Third, split leg squat jump, left leg only. Fourth, wall sit. Fifth, split leg squat jump, right leg only. And sixth, wall sit. Give this a try, and trust me, your legs will hate you. But an important note, the split leg squat jumps are one leg only, so if you start with your left leg in front in the lunge position, when you land, your left leg will stay in front. For 30 seconds, you're going to be repeatedly loading this front leg rather than alternating. This makes it brutal. So in this circuit, we're using compound movements in the jumping to engage multiple muscles, particularly focused on quads and glutes, our hormone-generating friends. Tempo is applied through 30 seconds of isometrics in each wall set, a terrific contrast to the high-tempo power motion of the jumps. Finally, the wall set is taking advantage of the squat strength curve by maximizing muscle engagement at the bottom of the squat position. When I need a quick leg burner, this is my go-to. Now, since I don't have a gym, I also do a lot of band work and always try to incorporate isometric holds at peak strength curve angles while positioning myself to maximize the resistance of the band. Depending on the movement, I am also able to manipulate strength curves as desired because the bands have an ascending resistance profile. All in all, by being creative and experimenting, I have found that I have been able to regularly achieve muscle fatigue and high quality pumps with just a yoga mat and 30 pounds of resistance bands. One last note, and this is largely subjective. But when I started incorporating hill sprints every 3-4 to four days during a bulking phase in the summer, I found that my upper body muscle mass grew noticeably faster than when I was just doing steady state cardio. My hypothesis is that I was drastically increasing my hormonal response to the workouts, enabling maximum muscle growth during that phase. And just by applying these principles talked about in this episode, I have even found that home workouts can be so effective that I currently don't have any intention of going back to a public gym for the time being. But if I am being honest, I do really miss hand cleans. So one day, I'll get back into powerlifting, but for now, it's all about strategy intent with every exercise and movement. So what can you do? Let's quickly review. There are three main ways for you to optimize your fitness gains. Number one, maximize time under tension through tempo and isometric holds. Number two, use compound lifts. And number three, understand and use strength curves. Next time you're in the gym or doing a home workout, be very cognizant of what you're trying to accomplish and what it takes to achieve that result. If you want to add strength to your squats or add some circumference to your biceps, you need to create enough muscular fatigue to trigger muscle protein synthesis and release hormones such as testosterone, growth hormone, and cortisol. Rather than evaluating the quality of your workout by the weight, set, or reps, think about it by how your muscles feel. Slow down your reps, perfect your form, and truly feel the muscles engaging. Become mindful of exactly where in the muscle you feel the fatigue and how different parts of your muscles are engaged differently at different positions in the movement. Take deep breaths through your nose and create a mind-muscle connection. Put 100% of your focus into your muscles as you are working them. This is how you can learn what will generate the best pumps, muscular fatigue, and results for you. Then start applying various tempos, both to the eccentric and concentric parts of each exercise. I also highly recommend trying some isometrics. Next time you squat, take your normal warm-up weight and try a set with a 5-5-5 tempo and see how many you can do and how it feels. To drive an incredible neuromuscular response and generate power and strength, Superset your tempo squats with bodyweight jump squats. 
In addition, if you don't frequently do compound lifts, try experimenting with your workout schedule to incorporate more compound lifts. Don't be afraid to deadlift on the same day you work biceps. Maybe that's the secret sauce you've been missing. If you don't like deadlifts, just think about your next trip to Ibiza, throw on some Kaiko, and you should be good to go. Finally, take some time to research strength curves or better yet, determine your strength curves just by being mindful during your lifts. By using these tactics, you can be more efficient in the gym. You are already working hard. This is about optimizing your approach to get the best bang for your buck. Here are some things you can try in your next workouts to incorporate these concepts. Slow motion push-ups. Three seconds down, three second hold, and three seconds up is a great place to start. For bicep curls, do slow reps with isometric holds at 30 degrees, 60 degrees, 90 degrees, and 120 degrees. You will feel the strain move throughout your bicep at these different positions. As mentioned previously, try tempo squats. Try a 5-5-5 or 3-3-3 pace to start. Incorporate resistance bands. A few good exercises for isometric holds and tempo reps include seated rows or face pulls. Flatten the curve. If accessible, add some bands to your next squats or bench press, and notice how the tension remains more constant throughout the entire movement. And finally, if you're looking for a killer, try my jelly shot leg burner, find a big hill to run up, or get creative and make your own. And of course, let me know what great workouts you do that incorporate these principles or anything else that I may have missed. And I'll leave you with some no-nonsense motivation that Steve always had written on our training board, something I'll never forget, quote, good enough is never good enough, end quote. To discover more, the full transcript of this episode with all citations is available on the website, and you can also contact me on social media with any questions or comments. If you found this episode useful or think that it may help someone else, I encourage you to pass it along. Thank you all for joining me on this journey to lifelong health, happiness, and higher performance. And remember, always be grateful, love yourself, and serve others.